Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God Jesus. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to read uh, Psalm 146 today. You're going to put it up. All right, here we go. Verses 5 through 10, it says, How blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, the Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow, but he thwarts the way of the wicked. The Lord, everybody say the Lord, will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. Amen. Um, so in a little bit, Becca's going to sing a Christmas song that she wrote. It's called Christmas Boots. Uh -oh. Excited. Let's pray real quick. Father, we thank you that you are present in the community that you've gathered to yourself. And then you get this community and you ask for us to go in the way that you approached us. And you approached us by sacrificing everything that was in the good place, heaven, and then coming to be in our place, the wilderness. And in our dry and weary place, you put your life there, and you had people even come before you to say, there's this Savior coming. He's going to answer all your questions. He's going to fill all the dry places. He's going to be going to be the new king and then you invite us into this and you ask us not to seclude ourselves from the world but then you place us back in the world to love the people that you've created we think we just want to say thank you for that that's a huge opportunity but today as we talk about joy i just pray that you would just 
I just want joy. I just want our people to have joy. I want people to experience it, where people laugh and giggle and are goofy and not serious, but can just be have that lightness that you carry, God, that freedom and that joy that you give us. We ask for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are doing Advent one more week. This week is joy. Sarah preached, then I preached, we preached hope and peace. If you haven't heard those sermons, um, they're, on the, they're on our podcast site. So you can, you can listen to those Tuesdays every week. That's how quickly they're on now. Um, Sarah did a great job, um, just amazing. And, and then I spoke the following week on peace. And I, did, I made a mistake of listening to my podcast because when I, he's in here doing it and I'm walking through doing stuff and I'm hearing myself, it's not something that's fun to do. Um, I don't know if that's you guys listening to your own podcast, but so, so today though, it's joy and it seems like I talk about deserts or dry places a lot. I mentioned, like I said last week, my stint in rehab a lot. I don't know why I, I draw a lot of what I learned from there. I think there's kind of a flavor to a desert. Like we would all agree. You don't want to get dropped off in the middle of the desert right now, but in a desert, like you're gifted some things that maybe you wouldn't get in a lush land, like savvy. You know, like supreme awareness. Um, like I said, when I was out in Utah for a couple months when I was a teenager to be rehabbed, um, we were in a desert, and they had to bring food in because there's no food there. You are food there. <laughs> so we would, we would have kids in the middle of the night that would try and sneak away from camp, which is the dumbest thing to do in the middle of a desert. Where are you going? And the most horrifying thing was to realize one day when a young girl did, she left camp. The way that they found her was, they were like, it'll be fine, just wait till you see the birds gathering around. And we saw birds gather. She wasn't dead. That's just how they know, because birds are, this is the desert. And in the desert, birds know if there's something by itself out there, it's going to be a meal eventually. So, but you learn things in a desert that I think is good for life. You see Jesus right after he's baptized, he goes out, out into the wilderness and he learns how to say no, you know, to his, to his enemy. Like, we learn what temptation looks like. We learn that um, we're really dependent people. In a desert, you're, you're extremely dependent. You learn that. It's like, man, I really, I really need. But in a desert, we definitely long for when we're not in a desert. And in my experience, I would ask all the time, you know, and we would want to know, when are, when are our families going to be here? Like, I had no idea. When are our families going to be here? You know, like... And I remember the last day that we were there, um, I don't know if you've ever seen, I think it's either called Brat Camp, or it was an actual show, but it was the same type of format. Um, that was what, but it was in, in Utah. And so you hear, like, well, one day you're, like, gathering, because you're about to, we made these, like, meals on ashes. Like, you didn't cook in pots, you, like, threw it on the ashes. It's just like, you guys, we're in the woods, you might as well just eat what's there. And so one day they're like, hey, guys quick note, in about an hour, your families are going to be here. And we were like, what? And it was the best news we've ever heard because we had no idea. You couldn't ask any questions about when your family was coming. It was just, and so you had to take off running. You, they say, your family's one mile from here. And we're all, I'd lost 10 pounds, super fit at this point. Not as fit as I am right now, <laughs> minus all this muscle. Like, so just think of skinnier, more fit. Um, and we ran so fast, the quickest mile of my life, and like we're all like falling into our family's arms. My sister's there crying. You remember that? She's like, oh gosh. She played the, the, the Warren G soundtrack for me the first time I ever heard that song. 
Remember that song? Thank you for that. You guys remember Warren G? Just hit the east side of the LBC. That was that year. I was like, straight home from rehab. Straight out of Utah. <laughs> so, um, but I, so this is what I, I want to relate, like, in a desert of such great growing. I'll probably always point back to the desert where I grew so much, a literal desert. This isn't a metaphor. Just a great gift. But when getting out of it, it was like, that was, had to be some of the most intense feelings of joy I've ever had. Like, it had to be. I, I typically don't like to show a ton of emotion. I don't cry a lot. I was doing both there. Um, and so as we get into these passages today, joy is kind of the theme. So what is joy, right? Like, it's one of those hard ones. Out of all the topics for Advent, peace, hope, joy, love, I think this is the most difficult one to really nail in. Like, we prayed before service, and one of our elders was like, well, we know joy isn't happiness, right? I agree with that. It's definitely not happiness. We know that there are passages that talk about kind of joy and suffering, and that's, that means that joy can be there without everything going the way that you like it. And, but we'd also know that it is sometimes happy. Like, there's parts of it that are, like in the passage we're about to read, this is a bubbling up of like, yeah, it's like joy, make a joyful noise. It's not like, hoorah. You know, a joyful noise is like, somebody make a joyful noise. <laughs> Nothing out of you? That was your shot. You'll wait till later when we're praying. I got a joyful noise now. <laughs> so we also know that. <laughs> um, we also know that it's not necessarily our joy. Like when, when the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's not saying that joy is something he's like, you go have joy. Joy, through studying, I've learned, is the way that he sees his children. When he looks upon us, like you would see your children, it brings his heart joy. And the joy of the Lord, you can, you can take strength in knowing that he feels that way about you. And he actually has that feeling of joy, that deep, like, in your heart, not trying to make it happen. Man, when I look at Alita and Justin, like the father just, I love them. Oh, like that's, so there's that kind of joy. But here in this passage... This joy is specific to someone being in a desert, someone being blind, someone being a prisoner, and then receiving the opposite, like the full opposite benefit, whether it's sight or hearing or even uh, speaking. It talks about a lame person, not just speaking, jumps right over speaking to shouting, not just a person that can't walk, walking, that person is now jumping, right? So it skips over. So that's kind of the transition, this kind of joy and this is pointing to something that he'll do. So he uses prophets like Isaiah and people in the Psalms like David to talk to us about this is what is coming. You're going to have this type of experience. So as I read you these passages, try and follow along with me. They're going to be back there. I am going to read them here. Um, something in the interplay between that and me and you, it's tough for me sometimes. So Isaiah 35, if you want to open your Bibles to that, we're going to read that one first. And just like last week, we're coming right off a passage in 34 where there's a ton of desolation, where there's a ton of brokenness, where people are weary and people are fearful and things are not as they will be. So they're in this tension, this already not yet tension of, we think it's coming. Some of them legitimately don't think it's coming. And you'll see in, in verse 3 and 4, this actually ties back to, to chapter 7, where this group of people 
finds out that there are actually other armies that want to come and take over. And basically, a lot of the people started to believe these other attacking enemies. It's verse seven, uh, chapter 7, verses 2 through 9. Are legitimately, like, already, they already have a king selected for when they come. Like, so the, this community of people, God's people, is like starting to believe these enemies are going to overtake my life. This is not going to be anymore God's land. You know, and there's so many implications for that for us. But they're starting to believe it. And so he's saying this to them because he wants them to get a new picture in their mind. He's trying to give them something to latch on to. Because like we talked about, hope and something, trust in something that's not here yet. You can bank on it if it's the Lord. Even if you're not walking in it. That doesn't mean you'll always be happy. But if it says it and he says it, it will happen. That's just the Lord. So he's trying to get that to these people. So Isaiah 35, 1 through 10. We already read this once. Here it is again. The wilderness and the desert will be glad, and the Arabah will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will blossom profusely. Do you hear like some of these adjectives right off the bat? This is not just talking about like when, when he said, I wanted to draw something out of his hand that wasn't just like a couple pretty flowers. It's profusely, like the cedars of Lebanon will, will grow here. Like that's, I love that you drew that. Relating to this passage, that's such a cool thing. You know, like you did it all last minute, but that was cool. And it has to do with what we're talking about. Like, this is going to spring forth. Not just pretty flowers, but trees, cedars are going to come out of this. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Encourage the exhausted and strengthen the feeble. Feeble is can't really figure out what to do. I don't have any wisdom. That's like, encourage the feeble. Say to those with anxious heart, take courage and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but he will save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. For waters will break forth in the wilderness and streams in the Arabah. The scorched land will become a pool, a living pool for anybody and the thirsty grounds springs of water. In the haunt of jackals, its resting place, grass becomes reeds and rushes. So this place where the actual enemy in that land, or the, the predator in that land, becomes a place that people go for sustenance. Isn't that crazy? I didn't actually pick that up until you read it, whoever read that earlier. This place where the jackal, who is the predator, that's the place where now it will have this like lushness. The thirsty ground will spring water. It's crazy. A highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called the highway of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for him who walks the way. And fools will not wander on it. No lion will be there, nor any vicious beast go up on it. These will not be found there. But the redeemed will walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion, with everlasting joy upon their heads. Just, just let that, close your eyes real quick. Just everlasting joy upon their heads. That's not even real. That's, you have to like, and that makes you think outside of reality. Joy upon their head. What does that do in you? They will find gladness and joy. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Now if you could turn with me to Psalm 146, 5 through 10. I'll give you a second. Verse 5. How blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord his God, who made the heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, 
who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects the strangers. God, this is good. He supports the fatherless and the widow, but he thwarts the way of the wicked. I just, just a quick side note. The wicked to me in these passages, it always comes in these passages talking about how God is a God of the poor. God is a God of those who are hungry. God is a God of the prisoner. And then things like, but he opposes the wicked. And he's trying to put in opposition these two things. He's not trying to say, our idea of wicked might need to be shifted here. What if, what if wickedness is just being a part of oppressing and keeping people hungry? What if naked wickedness, I just said nakedness. <laughs> now we all know about nakedness. Am I right? Country church. <laughs> what if like the opposite of wicked is those who are lowly making them stay there? <laughs> what, is, what if the opposite of wicked is, what if, what if treating strangers like they're strangers and they don't belong? What if that's the opposite of what? What if it's not just drinking, smoking, snorting? You know what I'm saying? What if it's not just that stuff? What if it's like how we live in a world and how all those things are very present and we can either be a part of helping that or we can continue to pretend like it's not there? What if that means we're wicked? Good Lord. So, the Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects the strangers. He supports the fatherless. God. I'm having a hard time, guys. Like the fatherless, they're everywhere. What if being holy is about being present in the fatherless life? Oh. He thwarts the way of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I love, in Isaiah 35, just going to give you some quick tidbits, then we're going to baptize some people. Um, Isaiah 35 starts with a, there's no answer yet. Something is coming. It basically says this is about to become lush. This, this area that's a desert is about to become lush. It's going to be fruitful. It's not here yet. So we, just stay with me. Like, It's about to be great. Okay, It's about to be awesome. It's about to be lush vegetation. There's going to be vegetables and fruits and stuff. And, and then it doesn't say how. And then it says, so go, encourage these people go before you know even how it's going to come. You don't even know about the water yet. Okay? It's talking to a group of people who already know that just by him saying it's going to get good, that it is going to be good. It's, it's tapping into that right off the bat. It's not, saying, it's not saying this. Go tell everybody it's going to be okay, and could you just please go out to that desert and maybe just prep it, right? Like, do something like, like you go out to that desert without waiting on what the Lord will do through the water. Not only are you not impacting it, you become a meal. You are a meal in that desert if the Spirit of God does not go before you. You're a meal. And so he doesn't even tell them how it's going to happen. Jackals are like, yeah, come make us flourish again. And you're like, oh, I'm coming to share the news of the Lord. God has gifted me. And they're like, yum, yum, hop on this plate. I'm going to eat you. And, and that's a picture for us as we go into Psalm in a minute. That we can't do anything outside of the Lord. 
The only reason anything will ever flourish anywhere is because he would do it. And admission to that, admission that he would do it and that you can be a part of it, if you're pointing people directly back, that's when you'll see it happen. But he's not asking us to strap our boots on and hit the society and change the world. He's changing the world. We proclaim what he's been wanting to do and will do, and it will come to fruition. It's going to happen. We get to go beforehand like John the Baptist into a group of people who don't even know and say, he's coming. Are you him? No, I'm I'm just John the Baptist. The one who comes after me is actually greater than I. That's who we're going to bring our shift of attention to, right? So, encourage the exhausted and strengthen the feeble and say to the anxious heart, take courage, fear not, behold, God will come. God will come. Does that make sense? God, that's better than like I feel it. That's... So, how? With water. Water is crazy to me. I want you to close your eyes real quick. Okay. You're going to have to, we're going to do some imaginative prayer, all right? This is some beautiful stuff, unless you hate imaginative prayer, and then it's probably terrible. Just close your eyes real quick. Imagine, if you will, a desolate, barren desert, okay? It's a desert. Whatever is in your brain, it's just a desert. Now imagine a jackal kind of running around. Not doing anything a jackal wouldn't do, it's just doing what it is, like, It's a jackal. It's looking for stuff probably, right? So close your eyes. Now imagine from wherever water floods that land. And just everywhere from everywhere, water, not violently, water starts coming in. And almost like this is where it's going to be a little bit of a stretch. Like a time lapse happens in your vision, in your mind. And you start to see the ground absorb this water and things start to grow. What's happening? Like, I'm not asking you to talk to me. What's happening when that happens? What's, what's coming out of that as this water rushes in to the scorched land? What's happening to the jackal? What's happening to the people that are there? You can open your eyes. Anybody see anything cool? Don't tell me right now. Just kind of nod at me if you you got anybody. I love that stuff. So water, we don't know in verse 1. In verse 6, we know water is what makes this this change. This environment changes. It becomes lush. So it goes in and out of creation. It talks about creation actually starting to have joy. It's like a season change. Like when we go through winter, the next season that comes, spring, that's like a picture of what happens when God enters like a situation. Spring comes, right? Right, like it's time to go to the beach. For them, it's just everything shifts and a few things happen. Like I said before, not only do people who are mute start to speak, they start to shout when they start to see this. Not only do people who can't walk walk, they start to leap. There's that happening. And then after that, there's a highway built in a desert. Okay, this is a very important thing. You guys remember the show Highway to Heaven? Anybody over the age of 50 here? Amen. All right. So this is a big deal. Why would you build a highway? You build a highway into something because now people would want to visit it, right? 
an in-and-out highway. This particular highway is one that leads to Zion as well. And for this group, Zion is the place where they would meet God. So there's a highway built in a previous desert, now lush and green, sustainable life, trees. It's a place people want to be now. And there are roads built in and out of it. And so, fast forward, this passage in Psalm. This passage in Psalm talks about people who are broken, starting to not be broken. And it starts to talk about a journey to a place. We start to find out that the journey is actually to God's heart. That we're all invited to go on. We're all invited to go and in a spiritual way start to see what we couldn't see. And in a spiritual way start to hear what we couldn't hear. And start to walk with the Lord. There's a highway built between the Father and His presence in us where we get to be with Him. The blind see. And He says it's, it's a place that He's leading us to that we can't create on our own, where our efforts are devoured. And he says our desolations and our deserts will blossom. So for us, when we read passages like this, and we look around like last week in peace and realize there's not a ton of joy, and while we don't want to fake it, some of the worst things are faked joy. It's the worst. It's not fun trying Nobody's buying it. If you're mourning or if you're sad, it's okay. You can be sad. This is not telling you, you will be joyful or you will do more schoolwork. This is not what this is saying to you. This is saying that when you meet with the Father in Zion, He promises that He will do these things. You don't do them, and when He does them, this will happen. You will have joy. Like... One of our elders was saying, and it will come in the morning. I struggle with joy maybe the most. I can't create it. I want it. When people are really happy, I wonder why and how. How are you so happy all the time? When people belly laugh, I, I want it. I love like loud laughing people. That I love that. There's something so freeing about that kind of like ha 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 ha. Like that real... Thank you. Did not see that coming, so. I love it. You know, like in worship, you know, like some people are like, you shouldn't do those kind of things in a worship setting. You're going to offend somebody. You know, and I do think like you shouldn't get up front and be like, I'm doing all my spiritual stuff up here in front so you can all see me doing my spiritual stuff. I think I have wisdom. But like dancing and stuff, like, cool with that. That's, that's like a, man, like kids dance when they're super happy, right? My daughter, my daughter Nava, like skips everywhere, like. You want some candy? Literally, her, she doesn't even know how to walk yet. You'd be like, walk, she's like. <laughs> like, joy. What is joyful? Joy is like, I just got to talk about good stuff. Like, I just, joy, like, I crave that. I want that for you guys. You can't create it. You don't need to feel bad about not having it right now. You, did, you need to know that if you put your hope in the Lord. Right. He will bring this. He will bring it. It's whether or not you'll wait, right? Like I imagine a bunch of dudes sitting around listening to Isaiah talk like, Broseph, have you seen this land? In a few years, there's going to be an Isaiah chapter 34 when they decide it's better to have chapters than just read this word. And it's going to talk about this. Do you see this? Like, there's no joy there. Like, and he's like, 
thank you. I'm trying to tell you that the God that we have submitted to and serve will bring this if you will wait. If you won't wait, you'll go do something dumb, right? Yeah. You'll set up a lemonade shop in the desert, and the jackals will eat you. We just do dumb stuff. Wait on the Lord. He is faithful. He will come through. And your desert might be exactly what he wants you in so that you can understand joy. Like, you don't want to be always up, right? All dessert, no food, you're throwing up, right? Like, you need deserts to see that, wow, life springs forth out of this. The earth needed to see Jesus come into it. Just like in the spirit, I would have loved to have seen Jesus, like what happened, the ramifications of just his entry on this planet. What, like we saw it as, we know what it is, but like just stepping back in another reality and seeing it, I wonder what, like the earth just aching for the Savior, just aching, his creation with his creation on it, aching, 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 and him being able to look and say, it's about to get so good. It's about to be so full of life. It's about to be so lush. You're going to be so provided for. You're going to be so taken care of. If you let me do it, if you seek me first, don't try and add the other things unto. Let him be first and he'll add. And when he brings it, it'll be so good. It'll be so good. It'll be organic food as opposed to everything else. So good. So so now that we're here, we get the job of encouraging, right? If Psalm 46 teaches anything, it teaches us he's the God of the poor. And as we come to life and like joy comes out of us, it's not so that we stay in this room and have conferences every weekend about joy. It's so that we would understand that he did that for us and now we go follow the God of the poor into the poor, into the weary, into the prisoners, into those excluded. And we now get to tell them it's going to be lush. It's going to be freedom. It's going to be good. Are you here to do that for us? I'm here to walk with you until it happens. Because it's not going to be us. It's going to be him. But if this is all correct, it's going to happen. Our nation, our state, our families are aching for sustenance and aching for water. And they don't even know how to put words to it. So we get to say, God is coming. God is coming. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to tell you about this beautiful place that you can walk in. Isn't that great? And that's our reality. That's why earlier, like, worship for me is so important. And, like, I'm, I'm ready to, during worship, I'm ready to sing out as loud as I can. I don't care. You probably have seen me next to you. And I don't want to make people feel like they got to do that. Like, worship the Lord in your own way. Man, I'd love it if sometime we would all sing together really great. Like, I think that would be beautiful. Like, something about singing together, it's like a happy birthday song. It's like the funnest time of the whole party. Something about, something about just the simple act of choosing, I will worship today. I had no plan to say this. I'm not mad at anybody. But something about that, and it's not a loud contest, but something about everybody together saying, we will worship the Lord. Something is different about that. That is such a good thing. We get to shout, literally, you're good. And we do that in four songs, sometimes five, depending on what kind of style, maybe three if you're in a Baptist church. But we get to do that together, and we're all unified joyfully saying, even in the midst of persecution and trial, waiting on lushness, God is good. You are good. So I just, maybe, maybe this is like a little challenge. I, I don't get anything, well, I do. Like when we worship together, it 
But maybe there's a challenge in that. Like as we sing songs to our creator, they would sing songs on the way to Zion, all of them. Like this isn't just starting now in spirit-filled churches. Like they would lie, 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 all the way up three times a year. Three times a year, all the way up, all the way up to Zion. They're singing together, and they're happy and singing about stuff that this to me like is a way. If you aren't experiencing joy, sing about the joy that will come. Partner with us as we go after the Lord. Sing with us. If you're waiting back, waiting on it to like smack you in the face, like it's probably not going to smack you in the face. Proclaim it with us, right? Like, because joy to me in this passage points to this expression of something bubbling out that's so good. In the earth, it looked like vegetation. Pouring my water in, vegetation's coming out. In us, it looks like an expression of good. Thank you, Jesus. Like, sometimes it's good to be kind of a fool, even though this passage talks about there'll be no fools there. Like, sometimes it's good, you know? So, close your eyes with me one last time. Now I want you to picture people, groups of people that are desolate and barren. People who are exhausted, feeble, anxious, and fearful. In your mind's eye, picture those people. And now, in imaginative prayer, we're not talking about land, imagine the Holy Spirit through the Father Jesus flooding that person's life. This is actually a way to pray for people. Imagine these people, this person, being flooded by the Holy Spirit, which we know what the Holy Spirit is. Love, peace, patience, goodness. All these things we know that the Holy Spirit's flooding them. Don't tell me what's happening in those people. What's happening in those dry people, in those desolate people, in those scorched lands of people, in the ones that are already convinced their enemy is going to kill them. What's happening when the Holy Spirit floods their life? So Jesus, today, let us be a people who will encourage the exhausted, strengthen the feeble, Say to those with an anxious heart, take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come. But also, God, let us see expressions of actual joy gushing from this community. Let us see more baptisms. Let us see salvations. Let us see testimonies of how you did things that are impossible. Let us see families come to know the Lord. Let us see third grade girls talk about the love of Jesus and then people fall in love with Jesus in a community. Let us hear about stories of things that are only you doing that we just get to tell people about more and more. So last thing before we do baptisms really quick. With your eyes closed, the Holy Spirit now is wanting to flood your life. With your eyes closed. Now you're shifting your eyes from the others that Jesus has sent you to say he's coming to your inward land where he's saying, I'm actually here for you as well. You didn't know I was coming today, but I'm here for you. You were going to get out of here hoping Josh would just talk about how you could feed the, the hungry again and maybe you can put your work shoes on and go, but no, now it's time for you. I'm here for you. I legitimately believe the Holy Spirit is saying that that's for some of you. He is here for you. She is here for you right now. Trying to penetrate 
into places that are dry and scorched. I'm just wanting you to sit back. So, Father, you have freedom to be you. I just want to tell them that you can do it. You can do more, like Sarah said, exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything we could imagine. So just invite the Holy Spirit to flood your land, your life, your heart. Where are you poor in spirit? Where are you hungry? Where are you stranger and alien? Where are you outcast? The Lord is the one who meets you. What would you have us do, Father? What would you say to our hearts? How can you help us to become our true selves on our journey to the heart of the Father, this land? And I just, I'm just going to pray over you, just where you're at. Jesus is trying to, trying to lead you on a journey, and the journey is with him leading you to his heart. And in this land of his heart, he has many gifts for you, but he also has an ability for you to rest. It's like a pasture for you to just be at peace. And maybe jackals used to be there, but now it's just a place where you're fed by, by the Father, where your true self begins to come out. And the enemies and the things that you were convinced were about you are, are now dissipating. But Jesus wants you to know that he's leading you right now. And all he needs for you to say is, I'll put my trust in you and I will hope even if it's not here yet. So, Father, we just pray that you bless our community. We thank you for your word. In Scripture, we know that the word is represented by water. We know that that's a picture of how you permeate the earth. So we pray that your word would permeate all of this land. And we know you're more than just written word. You're the logos. You're the living word. You're the spirit of God. You're the breath of God. You're able to penetrate. So do that right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So two things we're going to do. Becca, can you guys cheer for Becca? <laughs> Becca's going to come and lead or just sing a song to us that you wrote as a Christmas song. This is just an exp- I think this is an actual expression of joy. This is cool. I'm, I'm glad you're doing it. And then we're going to do baptisms. But what we're going to do, anybody that's getting baptized, if you could meet Amelia over here. And then I'm going to go over here and change my shirt to my baptizing shirt. And then we're going to come back out in a second, okay? Is that cool with you guys? You guys give it up for Becca. I just would like to say that I love you guys. Mary went with Joseph one frosty winter night. Fleeing from a king who only had violence in his eyes Because Mary was with baby, the son of God she held inside They fled into the city, one so far away Went looking for some shelter but found no place to stay So Mary had that baby in the corner of a stable they lay an angel soon 
appeared to the shepherds with good news. Friends, don't be afraid, alarmed, disdained, or confused. For today, God is with you, bringing tidings of comfort anew. The star ahead will guide you deep inside the night. You'll find him in a manger, it'll be such a sight. For the glory of the heavens has surrounded you with joy and light. Oh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, 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 oh,
We thank you, God, that you created a family and that we are in it. In Jesus' name we pray and we celebrate together. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.